Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And I got my guy, Rob Rang, with us. We are going to have a good time right now talking about his article he has coming out on the all-rookie team. We got some NFC West rookies we'll be getting into and big Thursday night battle NFL game, college football game. We're going to get into all that and more. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Keep it locked right here, NFL Draft. You are locked on NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. Got my guy Rob Rang with me and we're missing the guy, Ryan Tracy, Locked On NFL Chiefs host. He is out on the Bahamas somewhere. He said he's chilling out on the islands, sipping Mai Tais, having a good time with the family. <laughs> so uh, he left it up to us to, to host this show tonight. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing well, Eric. I'm excited. I mean, I hey, Ryan's great, but at the same time, you know, you and I can talk some real ball. Let's let's let Ryan do his Mai Tai thing. You and I will be talking <laughs> ball while he's absent. <laughs> so speaking of, you know, just talking ball, man, you have an article coming out. So it's so all rookie team. And you notice one thing. So before we get into it, why so many Alabama players? One, well, you know. Alabama is a really talented team, Eric, as you as you well know. And, and so, you know, I think when you first look at this team, then you are going to see plenty of players uh, from Alabama who uh, have gone on to have great success so far in the first quarter of the NFL season. And that's really what this article is all about is it's going to be on FoxSports.com. And I'm going to be writing about the, the rookies who are already making an immediate impact. We, we all know about the all-rookie team at the end of the year. We want to take a look at who are some of the rookies that are making an impact over the first quarter of the season. And, of course, this is the very first year where we're going to have a 17-week a regular season. So it's not like right. in the past where you had, you know, you could easily break it up in the first four games. But now that we're entering week five with the Seahawks and the Rams, as we're going to discuss a little bit later in week five, week five is already getting going. And in week six is when the first buys begin. So week four, we've already had our first impressions of who are the rookies. And as you just mentioned, the University of Alabama has had so many terrific players that were drafted into the first round a year ago. The quarterback, Mac Jones, has been probably the most consistent of the rookie quarterbacks so far, even though he was the last of the quarterbacks to go in the first round of the five. Uh, he has been, you know, Pretty impressive for the New England Patriots. Najee Harris, there's no question about it, has been the most impressive of the running backs. You can make a little bit more of an argument the wide receiver position. Uh, Jamar Chase from LSU has absolutely been spectacular, but so has Jalen Waddell. So has, of course, the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith. But it's not just those skill position players. What about the play of Landon Dickerson, the guard for the Philadelphia Eagles, for example? Um, you know, so those are, are some of the other guys that have been impressive for Alabama. But again, it's not just about Alabama and, and the rookies that they have produced. There are so many other good and, and very impressive rookie uh players so far and i would actually mention one of the guys is a little bit more on the west coast you know where you know where you have some experience of course with the los angeles chargers ray sean slater the left tackle mm -hmm. has been absolutely spectacular and one of the big reasons why the Chargers is not just justin herbert 
Rayshon Slater has absolutely been locking down that left tackle position. And so I think that he deserves some credit as well. Uh, so I have a question about Rashawn Slater because there were a lot of people that were looking at him like he was going to have to maybe make that transition into guard. Mm -hmm. Why has he been able to have so much success on the outside when there were a lot of mixed opinions on what he'd be at the NFL level? Yeah, we, we should have had this conversation last week when I was kind of criticizing myself for, for some of the things that I've got wrong. I was among those who wasn't so sure that that he might be able to come into the NFL and have the success that he's had. Of course, you know, he, he sat out this past season at Northwestern. And so as impressed as I've been with Rashawn Slater, I, I just didn't know if he was going to be able to handle the speed, especially the AFC West. We were talking about guys like Vaughn Miller coming off the edge. You know, I, I wasn't so sure that he was going to be able to do that. So I think a big part of it is the fact that, again, he has a spectacular quarter, young quarterback in Justin Herbert. He's got a terrific young running back in Austin Eckler. So it's it's not that Herbert has to stand back in pass protection for five, six, seven seconds the way that some other clubs do. And then think about the way Northwestern plays football. I mean, often they look to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly as well. I think all of those things and the fact that Rashawn Slater had that season to kind of, you know, sit back, put himself in the best uh, athletic conditioning of his entire life and really be able to hit the ground running. I, I'm sure that he heard some of the haters out there and that just made him that much more motivated to be able to hit the ground running with the Chargers. Whatever he's doing is definitely working out because he has been having a terrific season. And I know rookie of the year isn't something that offensive linemen get, but I think for him, he should be in the running for that right now. Are there any rookies that are kind of standing out right now aside from him that maybe you didn't see coming? Well, I, I think that we, we talked about this a little bit before, and I think that this year's rookie class, uh, or excuse me, the the 2022 rookie class will, will be very good at the cornerback position. I didn't necessarily think we'd see so many splashy corners as rookies this yeah. year. And we saw a lot of them drafted early. And, you know, I, that, that's one of the things in the article. I'm going to kind of tip my cap to J.C. Horn. Obviously, he is going to wind up missing the rest of the season because of the, the injury that he sustained. But it's not just J.C. Horn. I mean, it's the fact that you have Greg Newsom in Cleveland. You have Patrick Sertan in, in Denver. You have Eric Stokes in Green Bay. In, in your own backyard, in the San Francisco 49ers, Diamador Lenore has had a, a big uh, performance so far as, as a late-round draft pick being able to already kind of scratch out some some playing time himself. And then Asante Samuel, I mean, my goodness, you know, we, we just talked about what Rashawn Slater is doing, the offensive side of the ball for the Chargers. What about on the defensive side of the ball with Asante Samuel? He, right. he was one of the guys I was very, very high on and thought that he would have an immediate impact, and he certainly is doing so with the Chargers. Leads all NFL rookies with two picks so far in only four games in the season. Man, shout out to the Chargers. I mean, for taking two guys that some people, I guess, because of maybe a limitation in an area with Slater, like you said, possibly the athleticism uh, with Asante Samuel Jr. You know, he lacked the ideal size that you would like to see from cornerbacks heading into the NFL right now. Uh, what I want to get into guy like Justin Fields. Okay. All right. You see Justin Fields and kind of what he's – been doing uh there's been some low 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 moments where he had his 
his first start and actually netted one yard passing. It's crazy. Uh, got sacked nine times. Crazy. Now, he played against a terrific defense. His second start, he did much better. Started to do some of the things that we thought we would see, throwing the ball down the field. And now, today, he's been named, or I'll say Wednesday, he was named starter moving forward. You know, when you look at these guys and we start to look at, like, you know, just the progression of the young guys, how pivotal do you think it is for these guys to start early and kind of get the, I guess, the yips or kind of get their ugly moments out? Do you think that benefits them down the line? I think that it does, but I also think that that sometimes you see quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks, that that maybe get pushed onto the playing field too early, and that can create those yips, as you said. It can be a season career long thing. I just don't think that Justin Fields is wired that way. I, I love the way he's wired. I was really, really high on him coming out of Ohio State, and I, I know you and many others were as well because we all yeah. see the physical talent, we all see the toughness that he possesses. I, I think that we also see that he's got an upside that can excite the fan base. And, you know, I, I have a great deal of respect for Andy Dalton and what he's done in the NFL. I don't know a lot of Chicago bears fans who are going to be re-upping their season long tickets because wow. of Andy Dalton. Whereas with Justin Fields and the upside that he possesses, the fact that the Bears do are acquiring even more talent at the wide receiver position to take advantage of the the, the deep ball that, that Justin Fields has. You know, it, it's not just Mooney. It's not just Allen Robinson. They, they are looking to add some speed to their defense to be able to, or excuse me, speed to their offense, I should say, to for, allow Justin Fields to be able to take advantage of that arm strength down the field and obviously be able to take Take full advantage of his athletic ability. So I'm really excited about Justin Fields. I think that he has as high of an upside as any quarterback that was drafted this year. And I think that the Chicago Bears are starving for something exciting at the quarterback position, as there isn't any team in all of the NFL. I do. I would say this: you you mentioned the fact that he was going up against such a strong, uh, such a tough defense at the Cleveland Browns. The Detroit Lions, of course, are a significant drop down from that. So right. I, I think kudos to the Bears for just acknowledging that Fields is the guy. Let's at least give him an opportunity. And I think that Matt Nagy is basically pinning his hopes on this young man and saying, all right, we need to see what you can do. You've shown us enough flashes. Let's see if you can pull it off the, regular, the rest of the regular season. Right, and I'm curious to see what exactly happens with him. And we're going to get into some more rookies, some guys over in the NFC West when we come back from this break. Stay with us. All right, guys, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. All right, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for you to go to your local chain store and find every part you need for your vehicle. And I know me, man, I got a Dodge Durango Hemi. Sometimes if I go to a chain store, they make it extremely difficult. All right, so what are you guys going to do? We're not going to wait on somebody that's behind the countertop and they're going to look at their computer and they're only going to have one option for you. You have to order that from their warehouse. It's going to be more expensive. We're not doing that anymore. What we're going to do is we're going to go to rockauto.com. You can go to it at your house. It's going to save you time and money. All right. We're going to do that by using Rock Auto. And why, I mean, why spend 30 to 50 to even 100% more on some parts from a chain store or a dealership? 
All right. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to go to Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are very reliable and low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or, I mean, you can get a new carpet there. Like, who would have thought? All right, so we want to make sure that we go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. For me, it's my Hemi SUV. They got all the parts for everything that I need for that. All right, so right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So now they know we sent you. All right, it's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all parts for your car that you'll ever need. RockAuto.com. Go do that right now. Okay, Rob. I actually cover the 49ers for the Locked On 49ers, and you cover the Seattle Seahawks. They got some rookies right now that maybe haven't made as much of an impact through the first four games as we thought. But there's a guy over there that I thought, oh, my gosh, when Seattle took him, he's going to be a terror for, you know, the 49ers to defend and really just just a force, especially with a guy like Russell Wilson. But Dwayne Eskridge, he's basically been a non-factor what's going on with him the rookie out of uh was it central Mich east western west, michigan western michigan yeah, yeah. And, you know and, and the seahawks were so excited about him as well and i thought one of the fascinating things about the 2021 nfl draft eric is, is the fact that we we did see so many teams in the nfc west that that took these speedy wide receivers you know you had the rams take tutu atwell you had the arizona cardinals take rondale moore mm -hmm. and then the seahawks took Dwayne Eskridge, as you mentioned. And, and the 49ers took nobody with speed, but go ahead. <laughs> Other than the quarterback, which we'll talk to you about right. in, in a second. But uh, yeah, I, I think that everybody is basically just trying to, you know, kind of keep up with what is the, the new trend in the NFL, which of course is, it, it's not about football anymore in some ways. It's almost basketball on turf, you know, and just getting the ball in space. And, and so those three dynamic wide receivers, I thought was just fascinating that all three clubs went that direction. Eskridge is a guy who physically, he reminds me a little bit of Percy Harvin. I mean, I just mm. love his physicality. I love his straight line speed. And I got to say, when I went to Renton, where the Seahawks have their, their training camps, and I saw this guy in person, just seeing his thighs. I mean, he looks more like a running back than he does a wide receiver. And so there is so much hype about this young man, especially the fact that the Seahawks only had three draft picks this year um, that there was like, okay, you're going to have to be able to hit on these picks. And, and considering what Eskridge has shown at Western Michigan, then went to the senior bowl and really showed some flashes there. There was so much hype about him. You know, you have two pro bowl receivers on the outside in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. It just seemed like with the new offense, Shane Waldron from the Rams, that they were likely going to be able to take full advantage of a guy with Eskridge's talent. Unfortunately, in the very first game of the season, Eskridge suffered a, a concussion and has already been ruled out of tonight's game against the Los Angeles Rams. And you know that the Seahawks want to get payback against the Rams. The Rams, of course, were the team that knocked Seattle out of the playoffs a year ago in Seattle. So you know that the Seahawks wanted Eskridge to be able to play in this game. The fact that he has not been able to play. And meanwhile, one of their other positions of concern center and cornerback 
have meanwhile we've seen so many other NFL teams that have had really good play from their rookies at center and cornerback it's leading some to question whether the Seahawks made the right selection with D. Eskridge in the second round. Wow. Well, are there any other standout rookie players right now for Seattle? And I know it's tough sometimes, especially for rookies to come into teams that are, you know, well-established and kind of, you know, playoff ready. It's not, they're not, it's not a roster where a guy typically is going to come in and just make an impact right away without maybe an injury to a certain position. But is anybody or any of these rookies kind of standing out for Seattle right now? Well, there actually is, and which is kind of surprising because he was the undrafted free agent who made their squad, and that would be the right tackle from Cal, Jake Curran. And, you know, shortly after the draft, uh, my my Locked On Seahawks co-host and I, uh, Corbin Smith and I, had had Jim Nagy, of course, the Senior Bowl uh, executive, um, former Seahawks scout, former Patriots scout, and he's been with lots of other clubs. Uh, you know, he, he talked about Jake Curran as being the guy from Seattle's rookie class and among the undrafted free agents who might be able to make their roster. And he absolutely did so. Seattle has had some injury concerns at right tackle. Brandon Shell has been their starter. And uh, Jake Curran has been able to come in and play pretty well, considering the fact that he was going up against guys like Daniil Hunter um, over these past couple of weeks and actually fared fairly well. So he would be the one guy that I think deserves some acknowledgement. Their other rookies were the Oklahoma cornerback Trey Brown, who also has struggled with injuries. He's likely to get back onto the field for Seattle soon, but has not yet played in the regular regular season so far. And then Stone Forsyth, a big tackle from Florida, who played fairly impressively uh, in Dwayne Brown's absence during the preseason. But once the the the, the you know all pro and, and, and pro bowler Dwayne Brown returned to the field for the Seahawks, then Stone Forsyth has not played. So again, you're talking about a four-man rookie team for the Seahawks. So there has been very little to be excited about in Seattle so far from the rookie class. Yeah, well, we had a 49ers team who, where a lot of rookies have had to play for various reasons, mostly due to injury. 49ers took Trey Lance at number three overall. Jimmy Garoppolo left the Seattle game at halftime, and you had to insert a Trey Lance who had really no practice reps with the starting team. There was no game plan for him, and his skill set is, you know, slightly different than Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And he has to come in. There's no game plan. There's They didn't prep him for that, and he had some up and down moments. Uh, what was kind of one of your takeaways from the game after watching Trey Lance for a half? You know, just just the physical upside, you know, and it's actually not even against the Seahawks that really intrigued me. It was the game before where Trey Lance scores his very first touchdown, and he actually gives the ball to Trent Williams, the left tackle, yeah. who made just a massive block to be yeah. able to allow, uh, you know, Trey Lance to be able to just kind of walk into the end zone. But I just thought this is a young man who is scoring his very first NFL touchdown. He would have been it been so understandable if he would have kept that football, maybe gave it to the wife or the mom or whoever, somebody, you know, just because what a, what a great moment and what leadership that he demonstrated by giving it to Trent Williams. I, I was really impressed by that. And I think we've all seen the flashes of the arm strength. I mean, even going back to obviously his time in North Dakota state, but during the preseason, I mean, some of the play, some of the big throws that he has shown, I mean, just the wow arm strength. So those are the things that I've been intrigued by. At the same time, as you just said, Eric, I mean, 
I didn't think that the 49ers really gave, really were expecting Trey Lance to be able to play much against the Seahawks. He didn't get very many of those first team reps that say Justin Fields has had over the last couple of weeks with Chicago. So to me, that's one of the things that I'm encouraged by what we've seen from Trey Lance. I, I think that his upside is absolutely through the roof. I personally, to call myself out, I personally was higher on Justin Fields because of the level of competition that he faced uh, up to his point, you know, up to the, his rookie NFL season. But at the same time, I was encouraged by what I saw from Trey Lance and do think that his upside, especially with Kyle Shanahan and the talent that the San Francisco 49ers have, especially Debo Samuel. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All the talent that they have. I do think that the the, the ceiling for Trey Lance is sky high. Yeah, and, you know, Trey Lance, we'll see what happens this week. It sounds like he's potentially going to start. Jimmy Garoppolo still kind of nursing that calf injury. I think they'll know a little bit more about, you know, what that situation is going to be to, uh, when they finish practice on Thursday. You know, I'm looking at some of the rest of the 49ers draft class. You have uh, Aaron Banks. He has not seen the field for the 49ers. Uh, Trey Sermon, he has been better, especially when Trey Lance got on the field. It allowed him – Trey Lance kind of held the edges on those read option plays and allowed kind of bigger gaps for a guy like Trey Sermon to be able to run through. Ran hard, not a big explosive guy, but uh, did a really good job, you know, doing that thing. And then D'Amador Lenore, I think he's been the really surprising one. A guy who, from Oregon, isn't a big guy, but when you watch him, you can tell right away, you know what, I think this guy is going to be, he's kind of suited to play a little bit more nickel. 49ers due to injury, you had injuries to Jason Verrett, some other guys, he had to play right away. And he's kind of held his own. He's done well. Now, against the Seahawks, he didn't play as much. 49ers elected to play Drake Patrick. And for obvious reasons, man, you don't want a, a little uh, Diamond Lenore have to play against DK Metcalf. But um, I'm curious to see where he goes forward. But he's been a pleasant surprise. Elijah Mitchell, running back out of uh, Louisiana. He has done a really good job uh, in the limited time that he's played, had some explosive plays against the Lions, again, bad defense. But I'm curious to see how they kind of split the carries between Elijah Mitchell and uh, uh, Trey Sermon. That's going to be something really interesting to see. But 49ers, man, a lot of rookies, a lot of guys that had to play and step up. And But you know what? It's time to get to some of this Thursday night games when we come back from this break. Stay tuned. All right, guys, we are back and better than ever. All eyes on the gridirons as teams are back on the football field for another season. Let's go. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. All right, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head over and use their website on your mobile device or on your desktop, and you'll receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All right. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. All right. Make sure you do that. Do not forget to use locked on to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of this amazing offer available for the 2021 season. All right. So, Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. That's bet online where the games start. Let's go, go right now. All right, so 
Thursday night games. You got a big one in the NFC West. But before we get into that one, Coastal Carolina against Arkansas State. I think there's some prospects that we should be paying attention to in that game. Yeah, that's the thing, is that there are two big college football games on the docket for Thursday night. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to focus in on Houston Tulane because they're the bigger name programs, I suppose. But Coastal Carolina is the 15th ranked team in the country, and, and they've got two legitimate NFL prospects, at least in my opinion, that, that I think we should be talking about a little bit. You know, I, Isaiah Likely, the tight end, is a guy that, uh, you know, has some buzz about him. I mean, he, he's 6'4", 240. 40 pounds. He's a former wide receiver uh, and he's having a, a pretty impressive season so far. He already has four touchdowns. His career high is five touchdowns, which he's done a couple of times in the past. Looks like he is on pace to absolutely explode through those numbers this year, but it's going to be interesting because Costa Carolina's quarterback, Grayson McCall, missed this last week, went down with a leg injury, and so there's some talk that that he may not be available anytime soon. And so Isaiah likely is likely, unfortunately, to not be able to produce quite as many big plays throughout the rest of the year that he already had shown. But still, the, the tape is real. This is an athletic guy. This is not a, a dynamic tight end class. So Isaiah likely is somebody to keep an eye on. But I, I'm kind of, you know, not paying attention to the best player on the field, in my opinion. That'd be Jeffrey Gunter. I mean, this is a former North Carolina State transfer who I thought made some splashy plays a year ago opposite Teron Jackson, who was a sixth-round pick by the Philadelphia Eagles, has already made that squad and made some impressive plays, at least during preseason. And Gunter, I think, is the better player of the two of them. He's 6'4", 250 pounds, and you know the coaches there just rave about his physicality, his instincts, his just want to. And so Gunter is a player that, uh, that I think the NFL scouts are very much going to be paying attention to, again, because of the injuries on the offensive side of the ball for Coastal Carolina. Again, the 15th ranked team in the country, then they may have to focus that much more on their defense. And Gunter would be a player that NFL scouts are very much keeping an eye on. Yeah, and I know uh, they also have a cornerback, uh, Jordan Strong, playing for Coastal Carolina. I'm excited to be able to watch him Thursday night and see how he, you know, maneuvers. His build is more of what intrigues me, 5'11", around 180, Those guys typically have the better movement skills. So I'm in, I am really, really interested to see how he plays, how he looks, how he moves. Does he make any plays? What areas does he need to improve on? He is a senior. So a lot of these guys are really working to try to get into that senior bowl with Nagy, you know, that we talked about. The other game, Thursday night, the NFL game, got a big heavyweight battle between the uh, Seattle Seahawks and the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, what kind of stands out to you about that game? Well, as we talked about, unfortunately, from a Seattle perspective, without having D. Eskridge, one of the guys that I think that the Seahawks were very much counting on having in this game, I don't think that there's likely to be any type of rookie impact from the Seahawks perspective. But I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case with the Los Angeles Rams. And, you know, it's kind of funny because the Rams, not the Seahawks, as I just mentioned, the Seahawks had three draft picks this past year. The Rams actually had one of the very, very last 
draft picks in the 2021 class, and they took Tutu Atwell, the, the dynamic speed receiver. We mentioned him before from Louisville. And, you know, it's funny. Atwell has not had a lot of playing opportunities so far because, let's face it, the Rams are basically scoring points in bunches. And we all know what Cooper Cup is, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby. But it's interesting. Tutu Atwell actually led not just all rookie receivers, but all NFL receivers in pass catches and in touches over the regular season. I would not put it past the Los Angeles Rams and Sean McVay to kind of unleash their dynamic rookie talent against the Seahawks. This is again is a game in Seattle, and they know that they that the Rams or excuse me the Seahawks know the Rams very well. They took uh, Sean or excuse me um, Shane Waldron as a former quarterback coach. They brought him over to be Seattle's offensive coordinator. Andy Dickerson was one of the offensive line coaches in the Rams. The Seattle brought him over as well. The the Seahawks have basically tried to steal the Rams blueprint. The one of the few guys that the Rams have added since Waldron and Dickerson left was again Tutu Atwell and another dynamic speed receiver, Deshaun Jackson. You have an older guy who can still fly in Deshaun Jackson. You have a young guy who can fly in, again, Tutu Atwell. To me, those are two of the guys that I think that the the NFL is going to be paying a great deal of attention to because I wouldn't be surprised at all if they are some of the guys who create those big plays against the Seahawks on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, definitely excited to see Tutu out. Well, you know, really slim built guy, but definitely a speedster, good feet, change of direction. Uh, for guys like me, you know, I was a 6'2", 200-pound cornerback. Those guys are the most difficult guys to guard. It's, it's funny because I think people look at it, you know, in the scouting community or fans in general, and they look at, like, the bigger physically imposing cornerbacks and think, like, oh, man, that little guy, a little guy like Tutu, it's going to be hard for him to get off the line of scrimmage or, you know, guys are going to manhandle him. And I'm like, man, those are the most difficult guys to cover because there is really hard to match their movement skills at the line of scrimmage. And once they get off in space, their change of direction is typically better. If you just look at it from just how our bodies are kind of made up, right? When you have a tutu who's like five foot eight, five foot nine, and you have a guy like six two, the just the way that this guy's legs are longer. So for every two steps that this guy takes, it's only one step for this other guy. And now he's already changing direction. And then the taller guy has to kind of play catch up with his feet. So sometimes you'll see a taller guy that has really special feet and he can match that. But just in general, those smaller guys, man, they are hard to defend. And I'm curious to see how some of the secondary from Seattle, if they have to, how do they match up against a guy like him? And I'm ready to see him get unleashed a little bit. Yeah, I think that uh, that he is going to create all kinds of problems uh, for the Seahawks and and most other NFL teams out there as well. You know, you you mentioned just how difficult it is for the bigger defensive backs to to cover receivers like that. You know, I I just think of Marquise Brown and Hollywood Brown and what he's doing with the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, another guy who's 165 pounds soaking wet, and yet he's just absolutely tearing up the NFL with his straight line speed, his change of direction, as you said, and is also showing greater toughness than I think a lot of people want to give them credit for. I think the Atwell has that as well. So just considering the talent that the Rams already have around him, and then Matthew Stafford and that big arm that he has, 
Uh, I think that, you know, one of the things that the Rams are going to be looking to do is they recognize that you want to silence the 12th man, create a big touchdown over the top. That right. will shut them up quickly. And I think that's one of the, the things that the Rams are going to be trying to exploit. If the Seahawks are able to stop them, then again, I think if they have a chance of winning that game, but I do think that that's one of the ways the Rams might be trying to, again, silence that crowd and win in Seattle yet again. Man, big time game. And I know all the fans that I'm covering the 49ers for, they definitely will be tuned in, try to see what happens in that game. Rob, I appreciate you for coming on, man. It's always a pleasure talking ball with you. For everybody else, man, that's going to be it for today's episode of Locked On NFL Draft. Make sure you guys come back tomorrow. I will be talking about the draft. We're going to do a mock draft, do the top 10, see how that kind of plays out. Uh, but, you know, as always, Rob, it's a pleasure to have you on here. Make sure you guys listen to Locked On Seahawks so you guys can hear all his takes on the upcoming game with Seattle against Los Angeles. Also, make sure you guys listen to Locked On 49ers with myself and Brian Peacock. But until next time, that's going to do it. Appreciate you guys. Peace.